0: you're listening to podcast pxn playstation xbox nintendo let's do this
1: hello everybody and welcome to podcast pxn episode 65 i'm your host roshan warner aka Roro, and i'm joined by dan the halo man daniel prindle and the pride of playstation sean babiak how are you guys doing today or tonight great fantastic <laughs> The opposite of Daniel's response. Oh, of course. <laughs> today, you... Oh, uh, it's not today. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and watching us live. It threw, threw me off there. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us live there and participating in the live chat. We record live every Wednesday, at 8 p.m. Eastern. And you can find us on YouTube if you just search up Podcast PXN. The topic of the show today is going to be Cyberpunk 2077. It is finally released. And a lot has happened since its release. We're going to be talking about all the news that has happened and that's surrounding the the company and the game. But first, we started off with the PXN News of the Week. And we're going to start it off with the Game Awards, which happened last week, December 10th, I believe. I I think it was a Thursday. But me and Daniel reacted to it live here Mm. on the channel. And it was lots of fun. So I'm just going to get some highlights from everybody here. I have a list here from IGN. On all the games that came out here, but it'll take me forever if I just went through all of them. So I'm just gonna ask you guys what your guys' highlights was it about the show. But um, how did you guys feel about it? Do you guys like this this year's Game Awards? How did you feel? Was it good? Was it meh? Or do you think it was one of the stronger ones that we've had?
0: Yeah, I think uh, we talked about this on the live stream, Roro. I freaking thought it was amazing. I thought it's honestly, I think it's the best one Jeff has done in the last you know five years, and uh, I think that's really a testament to how hard he's been working to get all of these exclusives lined up. And uh, even the game awards themselves, I thought were you know better presented as well, even with the the whole COVID nineteen pandemic, they gave. People a lot of time to talk about, you know, appreciating their awards and everything. So I loved that, um, and that's coming off of last year where I thought. There's no way Jeff could top that because, like, the Xbox Series X reveal was such a surprise. I didn't expect it to be there, and I feel like Jeff definitely stepped it up this year. And, Sean, you can attest last year when, uh, when the Series X was announced and I was screaming in the living room and you were in bed <laughs> sleeping, so.
2: Uh, yeah, I had to be up early the next day, and all I hear is, I thought you died. And lo and behold, you're alive, but I think your heart literally stopped. Yeah. I think you're right.
1: (laughs) So I thought it was a pretty good show, too. I thought it was one of the stronger ones as well. There weren't a lot of boring moments. It kept feeding off each other, whether it be the awards were coming through fast, which I think they do need to fix a little bit. Some of the awards don't get as much recognition as I think some of them should. After all, it is an award show. But they do focus heavy on the announcements, and they had quite a few of those. So some of my highlights from the show, um, one of them being Sea of Solitude, coming to the nintendo switch as an updated director's cut so that's coming exclusively to the switch on march fourth, twenty 2021 so that's a game that i haven't played yet so i'm pretty excited for that one um another one of course perfect dark has been is coming to xbox uh we don't know how soon yet i don't think we got a release window for that i'm not i'm not sure but Daniel really popped off on that, so I'll, I'll let him have the floor on this one. Yes, I was so excited when they
0: announced this. Obviously, that that has been the rumor for a long time, as we've talked about before, that Initiative was making a new Perfect Dark game. But yes, when they announced that, I was freaking flipping out because it was just awesome. And the funny thing is, like, watching back on my reaction, like... There's certain points like uh, in the hallway when the turret is shooting at you and you do like the spin, that's like perfect, dark, like classic right there. The turret is very reminiscent of the the design of the original game's turrets. So right there, I was like, what, Wait, what? And I was like I was like I wanna say Perfect Dark, but I'm not gonna say it because if I'm wrong I'm gonna look like an idiot. So I let the trailer keep going and then they showed the the Data Dyne logo and I was like, Oh my god, but I couldn't remember Data Dyne specifically the name because it's been twenty years since the game came <laughs> out. I'm like, I know that's a Perfect Dark logo, but I don't know what the name of the company is. I, I other people said oh that's perfect dark logo no it's not the perfect dark logo it's the datadine logo but that that moment i was like holy shit and then they pan into the silence pistol on the ground that was what i was like okay i'm ready to commit to this it has to be perfect dark and then they pan up and it's freaking oh joanna dark yes and then they show perfect dark. i was so excited uh yeah, so I'm, I'm just excited to see what uh, the initiative can do with like a quadruple A, so to speak, um, version of Perfect Dark, like espionage spy game. I don't know. So exciting. Uh, Sean, are you excited about Perfect Dark?
2: Well, as you and I talked, I don't get the hype around Perfect Dark, but that's only because I don't like the fact that everyone thinks this it's an amazing series. It had a great game on the 64 and a poor game on the 360. That doesn't make for a great series. Um, I'm sorry. It's it's not a great series. Now, does it have the potential? Probably. It probably does have the potential, especially with somebody like Initiative kind of getting a hold of it and probably being allowed to do essentially what they want to do, more or less with that character, because Joanna Dark is... You know the name, kind of, but you know nothing about her. I mean... Back in the 64, there wasn't really any too much to go dive into that type of stuff. Um, It was obviously made off the 007 engine, and that's why it was out so quickly uh, when it was released on uh, the 64. So I think giving them time and seeing what could come of it, I, I think you should be hopeful for it. But I would not start praising it. If you want to praise something, is praise what 2022 through 2024 is going to look like for the Xbox. I think that's what you should start praising is I think it's going to take some time. We all talked about this, but I think that is another announcement that I think should get people hyped for continuing to see the series X and series S come into fruition as far as what it could be.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Them having perfect dark as an exclusive will be definitely obviously good for the console. And as Sean was saying that, 2022, 2024, that's the time where you'll be seeing some of these exclusives come to fruition that have been announced, but they're finally coming out. So that'll be exciting. I'll just throw the question back out to you, though, Sean. Are there any highlights from the Game Awards that I might have missed that spoke to you? Anything in the announcements that kind of stood out?
2: So announcement-wise, Sephiroth. Yes. Uh, Yes. That's a pretty big deal in my mind because, I mean, if there is an RPG... Villain that everybody knows. Like Daniel's never played Final Fantasy in his life. Nope. He knows who Sephiroth is. No, I don't. Like, okay.
0: <laughs> Roro Roro can attest to this on the live stream. I was like, I have no idea who this is. And oh, actually, forgot, yeah. And actually his his <laughs> so his camera morning. like froze at that moment. So I was like <laughs> sitting there like I don't know who this character is, and I can't... He talked to Roro right now, and I'm sure he knows who it is. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is beyond disappointing now. I can't believe yeah. you don't know who
0: I, that is. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea.
2: <laughs> well, anyways, like that, getting now two Final Fantasy seven characters in Smash, I think is huge. Um, this is going to be now my reason to buy the pack. I've yet to buy the um, second season of uh, Smash Ultimate. Just <laughs> none of the characters really piqued my interest like they I guess they really didn't even season one besides Banjo-Kazooie mm-hmm. but like this gets me hyped to go back into the game because I, I just loved Final Fantasy 7 obviously about the remake this year um, I think as far as like other announcements nothing too wild for me I didn't watch it live so I kind of just caught up to it online the thing I will say is I okay I, I get it Last of Us 2 and we all knew it was going to win a bunch of stuff. I feel like ghost of Tsushima was overlooked drastically in a lot of categories. Um, And honestly, I would say, um, Oh, what's hold on. I'm looking up his name. Now the actor that played miles Morales, Hmm. I think he should have definitely gotten it. I mean, we saw as far as uh, best performance over Laura Bailey, just because I know it was a short time we spent in that game but I felt more connected to Miles Morales than I felt like I did Peter Parker in that 20-plus-hour adventure in just that short amount of time. So I I thought he deserved it overall. I like that Ghost got art direction, but personally for me, I thought it was a better narrative. I thought the score was just amazing, like just how subtle, but yet epic it always felt. I mean, right now that is really leaning towards my game of the year. And I feel like, yes, Naughty Dog does deserve a lot of accolades as they get it. Yeah, as divisive as we say Last of Us 2 is, but I won't remember 2020 as games for Last of Us Part 2. I will remember it at this point for uh, Ghost of Tsushima or Hades or something like that. But I am glad Animal Crossing did not get it. Sorry, Roro. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was
1: like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, agree- I'm agree with everything Sean's saying, and then that, that's the last thing you got to know. How dare you? <laughs> But, um, yeah, I was going to ask you guys how you felt about The Last of Us actually taking the the award. So now I know Sean's opinion. I, I feel like I know Daniel's opinion, too, with it. For little as like. yeah. he spent compared yeah. to
2: us.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I, every award that The Last of Us won, I think I made a comment about Neil Druckmann uh,
1: doing what, you know, you know what he did. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny to look at how Ghost won Player's Choice. And then among critics, obviously, The Last of Us did better. But it's interesting that players are like, I think Ghost should be Game of the Year. And then mm. critics think The Last of Us should be Game of the Year. So it's interesting to see that kind of difference uh, as well. So yeah, that's And I didn't kind of, get yeah. the
2: anticipated game. Like, Elder <laughs> Ring looks cool, but like, Halo really? Infinite. Yeah. Oh, okay, Daniel, I'm actually going to defend you here. Whoa! And Halo Infinite and Breath of the Wild Part 2, God of War sequel are in there, but yet we say Elden Ring. Like, I it just, agree. that just, yeah. I'm like, those three games right there are going to, just one of them alone is going to triple the sales of Elden Ring. So it's like, I don't know. It just, that felt weird to me that that won the game most anticipated. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Moving on to the next story, Among Us has come to the Switch. And another announcement from the Game Awards, I believe, was... Among Us is getting a new map. Uh, Was that at the... Yes. Yes, it is. Uh, It's
2: like just a new ship, basically. Yeah, the
1: airship. So Among Us is on the Switch right now. I played a little bit of it on the Switch. I purchased it there, and I actually really like it. The only thing I don't like, I've only played it in docked mode so far, so maybe this will be different if I were to play it docked. Or no, I only played it handheld. I think it might be different if I played it docked, but when I'm typing in the chat, I can't see what other people are saying. And that's just a personal preference. I kind of want to see what they're saying while I'm typing before I send the message. Just anxiety, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I really like the port. I think it's really well done. There is actually a glitch where you can traverse the airship. It's nowhere done. There's some weird glitches going on uh, if you were to get onto the map. But there is a way to get onto the airship map on the Switch. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, have you guys seen or what do you guys think about this announcement? Are you guys going to play it on the Switch at all? Yeah, I think that's surprising
0: because uh, I, I think we were we were talking about this again, Ruru, uh, before the uh, before the Game Awards started. Like we were thinking, like maybe uh, they would announce Among Us coming to <laughs> consoles, yeah, like Xbox and PlayStation. But uh, yeah, it was a little surprising that the Switch was their first place to go for that. But um, I guess it makes sense. Um, it's definitely a platform yeah well, yeah it's definitely a platform that epic has supported with fortnite obviously um so uh obviously that's going to translate to among us that isn't made by epic games so <laughs> i don't know uh yeah i don't know it it was surprising just because I don't know that you know people are clamoring for this game on Switch. I feel like people are more clamoring for this game on Xbox and PlayStation personally, but I don't know. Uh, and you have to connect your, what, seven dongles to get the voice chat to work?
1: Yeah, probably. I haven't tried voice chat either, the, but I... I
0: yeah. Um, does
1: proximity chat, is that in the Switch version? Not that I've seen so far. Again, I've only played like one or two matches so far. Gotcha. So there might be some settings that I haven't seen, maybe some game modes that maybe that is available, like in the settings and I just haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, But from what I can tell, no, but uh, gotcha. Yeah, I should, I should definitely jump back in to check it out. Gotcha. But uh, yeah. Sean, have you played Among Us? Do you like? Games? I have not. No?
2: I mean, obviously I know it's the big, yeah. one of the big tent poles as far as conversation with games right now. Um, so it is something that I'm interested in, eventually when I have a life again. Um, <laughs> but at this at this moment, um, I don't see me putting into it. I know it's our topic of the show, but I feel like I have not touched cyberpunk. And uh, you guys, it seems like you guys feel the same way. So I want to give that its due course uh, for everything. I know we get a little bit of lull um, before uh, like kind of big releases hit. I think the next big release for us is probably what Resident Evil Eight since we don't have a release date on Ratchet and Clank or anything. yeah. So mm-hmm. I, it probably will be something I end up checking out at the end.
1: For sure. Moving on to the next story. Vin Diesel is in Arc, but not oh. only is he in it, he's working on it, apparently. <laughs> a PC gamer writes, Vin Diesel isn't only starring in Arc. He's also working on the game. So this is again from PC Gamer. The Fast and Furious Star series uh series Star isn't just lending his looks, voice and motion capture Dino slaying Moves to Arc 2. Diesel's actually working on the game itself. According to a press release sent to PC Gamer, Vin Diesel has joined the studio, studio Studio Wildcard as an executive producer on Arc 2 and is also serving as an executive producer on the Arc animated series coming in 2022. And the name of his role is President of Creative Convergence. That is an interesting title. I don't even know what that means. But leave it to Vin Diesel to invent a new job title. So this is interesting. I feel like this is kind of following a weird, not pattern, but after Keanu being involved in Cyberpunk, now Vin Diesel is going to be involved in ARC. I I feel like Vin Diesel has a more in-depth role at Studio... Um, Wildcard than Keanu at CD Projekt Red, but I think this is weird, but interesting. Well, it's not his
2: first foray either. Um, He was heavily involved in the two Riddick games as well, served as a producer on those. Um, And he was the one that actually not only just did his own motion capture, but directed those scenes that he was performing as well. So, honestly, if there's a celebrity in games you want to trust, I actually can kind of I'm not an arc person, but I would lean towards Vin Diesel's gonna put his time into whatever he can do to assist and make Arc 2 better than ever.
1: All right, well I didn't I didn't know that. I guess he has his experience in video game dev a little. Maybe it isn't as weird as I as I thought. That's that's pretty cool. It's just that Vin Diesel is such a strange guy that when I see he's involved in video games, I'm just like, whoa, that I didn't didn't see that coming, but never mind. That, i guess it makes more sense than i thought <laughs> you see that Roro, and you expect yeah. to
0: see uh the fast and the furious game that was just right. oh, ugly Obliterated.
1: Awful. Yeah. <laughs> so
2: true yeah. i'm sorry games as far as like on og xbox um, that's where i played it at first um were tremendous games like i mean daniel i think you, we've talked about this before but yeah. The, that was one of the first games that I can remember being a first person game and stealth, it really working. And yeah. I know ARC kind of melds uh, first and third person, but yeah. I, I don't know. I, I see this as a win for um, ARC fans in general. One, you get to have a story, and I don't know if they're clamoring for it, but it seems like that would be great to have. Yeah. And then yeah. two, you get an actor that you know is not going to screw with your property. He's going to try to enhance it the best way he can.
0: Yeah. Roro R- R- before real quick before we move on. Yeah. Three other games I wanna highlight from the Game Awards, because all these okay. games we've talked about are from Game Awards. Back for Blood, which came right after the Perfect Dark announcement. Looks so good. It looks it's basically Left 4 Dead. Uh the Callisto Protocol, which is essentially the Dead Space reimagining from Glenn Schofield's team, and the new Mass Effect. <laughs> all three of those super excited for all of them all of them were pretty you know i guess with the exception of back for blood the other two were kind of just heavily teased i guess uh they weren't really shown a whole lot but i'm excited about all three of them sean
2: i'd be wary on uh, mass effect what about what about what about
0: callisto protocol from the people who made dead space
2: yeah so that one i'm glad you said that because honestly i totally spaced on that i did watch that video that looked cool. Yes. That really looked cool. Um, I mean, I think we, we've talked about on the show many times of our love for Dead Space and Visceral Games in general. Um, uh, don't forget they are Xbox Game Pass if you do want to play them now with all the EA stuff. But to have a spiritual successor to those and hopefully carry on in that same vein with the isolation, uh, but action too, I I can only think of great things with that.
0: And Roro, me and you are going to be playing Back for Blood. Yes. Alpha
1: <laughs> starts Alpha tomorrow. Starts tomorrow, yes. Is Very it a PC? To- yes.
2: yes. Uh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys have fun. Like <laughs> yeah. PC <masteries> people.
1: Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely excited to, to try it out. I did like my time with Left 4 Dead. I played a little bit of it recently with a buddy, and it's like, it's it's pretty good. It's yes. pretty fun. Yes. It's impressive that it's lasted so long, so I'm excited to try what's new. Yes. Um yeah. Moving on to the next story. EA buys Codemasters, stealing it from Take Two, <laughs> farting from Polygon, EA Ar- Electric Arts uh will buy Codemasters for 1.2 billion overtaking an earlier bid by Take Two Interactive to acquire the Racing Video Games developer and publisher. So yeah, I I don't know if this was foreseen if there were signs in, in on the wall saying that this might happen but it's kind of out of last minute kind of kind of a deal I thought but um now they have the dirt series f1 for its f1 dirt series and the grid franchises and stuff like that that's all eas now so it it makes me question if those games are going to continue or are they going to have codemasters work on something else uh what do you guys think about this acquisition
0: yeah, it's kind of funny because we talked about two K, uh, you know, being inter- interested in purchasing them what last two weeks ago or last week I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, EA just swoops in and says, "Here, here's some more money. We'll take you." Uh, <laughs> which I think it's kind of weird. I don't. It feels like a weird fit for EA because they already have racing studios that are already you know there. They already have Criterion Games, which uh obviously they're well known for the need for speed franchise they have i believe they still have ghost games which uh had recently started making uh the newer need for speed games uh as criterion was kind of on the back burner they were kind of a support studio for a little bit but now they're back on need for speed so i don't know it's kind of an interesting fit because i feel like they didn't even necessarily need a racing studio but maybe it was more just they're trying to steal something from 2k i don't know
2: well not only that but and i don't know how you guys are thinking but to me it just it really shows the evolution of games disney paid what was it like three billion for marvel and like something like around the same for star wars code masters is like can then considered in the grand scheme of things like a third of the worth of Lucasfilm properties and stuff like that, which seems very odd in my mind because I've never played a dirt game. I don't know if you guys have or not. I never have. And I don't look at that as a franchise or racing thing that's up there with like Gran Turismo or Horizon, that type of stuff or Need for Speed. And it's just flabbergasted me to think like, okay, that franchise in and of itself apparently sells so well that that's what it's kind of considered.
1: No, I I haven't played Dirt my myself. I've heard good things about that particular uh, racing game uh, property, so I, I know that that one's good. But like Sean was saying, it's it it is crazy how how uh, how the industry has evolved and how much worth they are putting on these companies now, it's, especially with Bethesda just a couple of months ago with Microsoft. Like how much that is worth to them. It's interesting to see that a uh, some a studio that isn't as huge as Bethesda's, you know breaking in the cash right now as well. So that's definitely interesting. So moving on to the next story, Fortnite Spy Within Mode is basically Among Us, coming to GameSpot, coming from GameSpot I'm reading from. Uh, The mode has 10 players broken up into two teams, eight agents and two spies. The agents must try to complete their objectives before getting killed by the spies. The spies need to eliminate agents while remaining undetected. Sound familiar? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it it definitely does. I thought this was an interesting story because Fortnite kind of, this is kind of what they did to become big in the first place. I know this isn't going to be a main mode that sticks around, yeah. but the Battle Royale thing was was something that they kind of stole or, or saw uh, PUBG do and was doing well, and then they decided to to do it themselves, and now they're doing it the best. So I thought this was an interesting story that they are trying the among us formula because among us is so popular right now but yeah yeah
0: (laughs) yeah i think i agree and if anyone was confused as to where i was going with my epic games comment before (laughs) i was attempting to do that and i was like wait a minute that's not the next story so i should probably try to (laughs) retract that real quick so yeah uh but yeah it's interesting they're trying to copy i guess uh the success of among us and I guess Among Us doesn't want to release on Xbox and PlayStation, so I guess Fortnite's like, hey, here, we got something. Just come play Fortnite. We've got Marvel skins. We've got, you know, Master Chief. I mean, who needs anything else, you know? You mean Kratos? Master Chief. Yeah, Kratos. Master Chief.
1: Yes. Hey, Kratos. That's <laughs> but, um, this mode is actually a creative mode, so this is a mode that uh, a fan actually made, and then Fortnite is just kind of promoting it a little bit more, which is something that they don't usually do for creative modes. Like they they, they do in the game, but to do outside of the game and putting it in on Twitter and stuff like that isn't something that they usually do. So I, I did think that this was a little bit more um in your face than than usual. Um but yeah, that's Fortnite mode. I, I do you guys plan on trying that out? The spies within mode in Fortnite? <laughs>
0: I might check it out just because I'm kind of intrigued like how it works. I haven't really seen any a whole lot about it. I saw like a quick video of people playing it, but I was like confused as to what was happening. So yeah, I might check it out just to kind of see what's going on with it uh, and how it's different than Among Us because I'm sure it has its own twist and everything, but I'm intrigued. Yeah, Sean probably won't touch it because he's never played Fortnite in his entire life. (laughs)
2: You are a thousand percent correct. If the Marvel and Star Wars stuff did not get me to play that game, nothing is getting me to play that game. That's true.
1: (laughs) Moving on to our next story, Microsoft, Sony and Nintendo team up for safer gaming. How nice. Nintendo, (laughs) Sony and uh, Nintendo, Nintendo, Microsoft and Sony released a uh, statement across all three of their Uh, respective websites and platforms on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. And they called it our shared commitment to safer gaming. So the trio posted a three-pronged approach to ensuring their platforms are a safer place for gamers of all ages. First first is prevention, which involves educating parents and players about parental safety controls, keeping them informed about terms of use, codes of conduct, and enforcement tools. The second is partnership, working together with players, law enforcement, industry regulators, and gaming communities to advance user safety. And finally is responsibility, which involves complying with laws, giving players proper reporting tools, and making sure everyone is aware of each company's code of conduct. So I thought this was kind of cool that they are all coming together to to, to uh, promote a similar message of safer gaming and making it a, a less toxic place, the gaming world in general. Um, I don't know how effective this is going to be, but it's cool to see the, the, the companies come together and just share that they don't want any toxicity in their, on their platforms. We'll see what kind of uh, things they put into place on their actual platforms to, to combat toxicity. But I thought this was a really cool, really cool coming together story for them from the big three
0: yeah uh and i I think it's not even necessarily just toxicity toxicity if i could say the word uh (laughs) i think it's also like uh in terms of like you know child safety like you have children (laughs) who play on these consoles and uh interact with other people online and how does that you know how how are you protecting that child from you know being manipulated by someone online in, in order to you know, get them to do something or or something happens, you know, I feel like that's still something that they uh, need to, you know, essentially build something, some kind of platform to help protect that. And it seems like this is kind of a first step for that. Um, So, yes, absolutely. For the toxicity aspect, it's great. And also for trying to protect people. um, And and I think that's kind of why they referenced uh, law enforcement as well for, like, situations like that where, Children are being manipulated by online games because, you know, th- this world continues to evolve. And unfortunately, so do the, you know, creeps and predators and all of that. So, um definitely, I definitely think this is a good step forward for that, at, at least.
2: Yeah. I just obviously caution the other two being in a online capacity with nintendo because they might set them back a few years (laughs) uh, with everything uh but i mean good for them this isn't the first time that they've come out with partnership last game awards they did the same thing where the three big came out together that was Uh, two game awards again um so so. even though they're in uh oh we're losing sean
0: (laughs) we're losing you sean hello Sean. hello can You hear me? Okay, now okay. we can hear you. Come back? Uh, you back. You're back.
2: Yes, you're back. You guys keep dropping out on me too. It's so weird.
0: Yeah.
2: Um. <laughs> but I, I think, uh, as far as like maybe it's a little less for the protection of the community, but more for the longevity of gaming in general. I mean, mm. we're now past two generations of consoles being dead, um, as analysts predicted. So <laughs> I'm just we're mm. waiting until next week for them to say console gaming is dead again. But I think to increase the longevity, they all three have to coexist. And I think this is the best way to continue for them all three to coexist.
1: Yeah. Well, moving on to the next story, Google Stadia is on the iOS starting today. Google Stadia has finally made its way onto iOS after a year of launch. The company's mobile web beta for the iPhone and iPad first announced last month is launching is launching today. That means any Stadia user on either its free tier or its paid Stadia Pro subscription will be able to access their library of Stadia games on, the, on Apple devices. So this is working the same way that Xbox said it will have to bypass Apple's crazy restrictions. So you have to go on to Safari, go to the Stadia website, and access your games from there instead of having an actual app. Again, because of Apple's restrictions, they can't do that right now. They do have an app, but it doesn't allow you to access the the games and play games and stuff like that so i thought this was really cool coming out before xbox uh does i don't know if this will help them but this is is good that it's it's uh it's available for those players that are on there i will be talking about stadia when we talk about cyberpunk later Mm. uh that's a little bit of a a hint for later (laughs) but uh yeah what do you guys think about uh about Google Stadia and it coming to the iOS and if this will help them in any way, shape or form. Yeah,
0: I I still struggle with the whole uh, business proposition, so to speak, of Stadia, because I think we've talked about this before where you're paying the subscription and then you're buying the games as well on top of that. Uh, Whereas the Amazon Luna has kind of done a a channels approach um, and Xbox game streaming is just, you're, you're buying the subscription and you get access to the game pass games. So I think it's, I think it's interesting that they're doing this, but I'm just not sure about the longevity of stadia just because I don't know that there's a lot of people out there clamoring saying I want to play stadia as opposed to playing something else. And it's kind of different than the, what Xbox and and Amazon Luna is doing because Luna is trying to appeal to literally anyone because they're such a big company. Amazon can market it, market this to hundreds of millions of users that they have. And yes, Google has hundreds of millions as well, but I think they're trying to push. I think Stadia is trying to push more people from consoles and PC to Stadia. And I don't think that's the right approach. I think the right approach for these streaming services is to try to get more um, people that n- weren't necessarily playing games before into playing games, and uh, I just don't know how much Stadia is actually going to do that, is my only thing. But uh, it's definitely interesting, and uh, it's cool that they kind of got this workaround. Um, just like you said, like Xbox is working on. Um, so yeah,
2: I mean, I will say Xbox or Microsoft in general has the better model of all three, in my opinion. As someone, I don't have the other two. <clears throat> Excuse me, but the fact is, is that even before um, my Xbox Series X uh, purchase, I didn't really play my Xbox One. But I never felt the need to cancel the subscription because of the constant barrage of games that are added. And not, I know they've said that they were going to, but it feels like very rare they take a game off of there at this point. So I mean, I, I don't see a reason why not to have that at this point, but. Dude, Stadia is a non-factor. I mean, it really is. I hate to be. It's been out for over a year now, and no one talks about it. No, I don't know a single person that actually owns any of the devices or anything like that. And it might be different in a city environment, uh, but it's, it's not something that took the market by storm. I don't hear about any of the exclusives that they said they were going to have. Uh, I mean, they had the deal with Assassin's Creed when it first launched. Nothing happened with Valhalla. like So it's, it's really not a, really a factor. I mean, if you want to be excited, get excited for Flight Simulator coming to Series X in a few weeks. That's about it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Moving on to the next story, kind of a short one, but just a little update here for EA Play on Game Pass has been delayed for PC. So, it was originally coming out, uh, I believe, this month on PC. When we originally set out to write this blog post, this is I'm reading from Xbox News. Uh, When we originally set out to write this blog post, which would announce the availability of EA Play on PC with Game Pass, it looked like it looks a bit different. Unfortunately, What had to be, had been a celebratory post is now one asking for a little bit more patience. We made the decision to delay uh, until 2021, the release of EA Play on PC as part of Game Pass for PC and Ultimate memberships. Um, They still established the partnership with EA um, and they're looking to bring the experience to us as soon as possible, early next year is what they said. So just a little update on the EA Play situation for PC. Um, That's where I have Game Pass on PC. So I I was looking forward to EA Play coming to PC (laughs) because there's a couple of games on there that I I definitely want to try out that I don't really feel comfortable purchasing at this point. I just want to try them and see if they they are speaking to me. So I'm excited for when this arrives eventually. Um, Do you guys think there's any particular reason for this delay? I, I know some people were speculating EA origin being something that they kind of want to work around and not have Xbox players have to deal with, but I don't know what could have caused the the delay.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would imagine it's because, uh, EA is having to, uh, develop, uh, windows store specific versions Mm -hmm. of their games because, uh, Obviously, with Game Pass, I think thus far, everything that's come out with Game Pass, you have to have a Windows Store version. That's how Game Pass accesses the games and gives you access to them. Um, so essentially, they would have to re release, you know, Madden, whatever, on Windows Store as opposed to on Steam or on Origin um, because it's completely different uh, infrastructure. I believe that's the, the case with EA Play as well, coming to Game Pass on PC. Um I I haven't really seen anything a hundred percent, but that's what I would imagine is causing the delay, just because all those developers have to create this new Windows Store version of the game. Um and it isn't as simple as file save as Windows Store.
1: <laughs> right. So. True. All right. Well moving on to the next story is GOG and Devotion. So Devotion is a horror game, GOG is a Uh, platform where you can purchase games, and this one is this company is owned by CD Project Red, so they're not having the greatest week right now. Um, This story I'm pulling from Polygon. This is written by Nicole Carpenter, and uh, I'm just going to give you a little backstory about Devotion here. Devotion was removed from Steam shortly after its release in February 2019. After the meme critical of Chinese President Xi Z Jingping, did I say that right?
2: Uh, she. she, she, she. Yeah, pronounced like like her. So she. Oh, that's she. That's how you pronounce
1: it. Jingping, thank you. Which compared his likeness to Winnie the Pooh, and he does not like that very much. And it was discovered in the game. <laughs> Chinese players began review bombing the game on Steam before Devotion was eventually pulled uh, for quote unquote complete QA check. The developer said at the time. Uh, the game never returned. Red Candle Games has apologized multiple times for its critical and unprofessional error that angered Chinese players. So the backstory, Devotion, it was a great horror game, according to the people who did get to play it. It was really good. People really enjoyed it. Um, and it was only on Steam for six days, so a lot of people didn't get to enjoy it, and didn't get to play it. So recently, Red Candle Games announced that they are going to be re-releasing the game on GOG, the company that is is owned by CD Projekt Ren. And it was literally today, I think, when this was announced on their Twitter, and literally hours later, GOG came out and said, this is their quote on Twitter, earlier today, it was announced that the game Devotion is coming to GOG. After receiving many messages from gamers, we have decided not to list this game in our store. So it never came to GOG, (laughs) even though it was announced earlier that day that it was. So obviously gamers were very upset about this happening. So I just it's just interesting to me that not even hours pass and then this this deal is not happening anymore it it shouldn't even gotten this far in my opinion for them to announce it and then we shouldn't have even known about this story in my opinion this should have never happened because it's crazy that it got this far I think but um what do you guys think about this story do you think that yeah. gamers were the ones who sent this these messages to GOG or a little something else maybe. yeah
0: I think this is a tricky uh, situation because you know it's there's always some other motivations behind it and it, it does seem a little bit weird that like this morning they said that the game's coming and then two hours later or whatever they say oh we're pulling it because a ton of gamers are telling us that they don't want it well it doesn't sound really kosher because if something if CD Project Red for instance was saying, you know, Cyberpunk's coming out today and then 2 hours later they put out a tweet saying, "Oh, we're not releasing CD or we're not releasing Cyberpunk 2077 because we've heard a bunch of people don't like Cyberpunk." Like that doesn't make a lot of sense that It definitely seems like it's something politically motivated in terms of, like, Chinese government uh, having an influence and a hand in um, Americans' First uh, Amendment rights. And obviously, CD Projekt Red is a Polish company and the GOG is based in Poland. But I don't know, man. (laughs) Something Mm -hmm. doesn't
1: feel right about it. I don't Yeah um brick games is a taiwanese company though so they are okay. yeah they are over there so i could understand a little bit more as okay. to why this happened but at the same time
2: yeah
1: i don't think it's right sean what do you think about this story well the
2: political climate as far as taiwan uh and china is not good yeah. i mean obviously the u.s did not help that by recognizing taiwan's independence and getting involved in that whole thing <laughs> Whatever. But I mean, yeah, it's a known quantity that uh, Xi Jinping should not be uh, compared to Winnie the Pooh. If you're curious why, watch a clip of John Oliver. It'll explain a lot there with a lot of comedy. Uh, But it's just I don't think it's gamers or anything like that. It's probably more the government. They heavily censor after that stuff. Even if it's something that's not going to be popular, they're going to figure out a way to, excuse me, um, curtail that and figure out a way to protect him as a president who is more of a dictator. A dictator but whatever, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want us to get freaking banned as well. Yeah. <laughs> Try and ban well, us no allowed in China. <laughs> but I, I don't know. It's such a stupid thing. I mean, it, I mean, what Monster Hunter just got pulled from Chinese theaters as well. And those are the only theaters that are really open. Uh, So, I mean, it's just, the censorship is very, very different than it is on the West side. Um, So our Western world, like, um, sorry, we're not in the West side, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, just, just an odd thing. And you just got to pretty much walk on ice, but maybe we'll at least get it and see what it looks like.
1: Yeah. Hopefully someday they're able to re-release it somewhere. Um, I, we don't even know if they did remove the meme that was in the game because it never, we never got to play it. So they could have corrected, not what, not a mistake, but they, they, they could have removed it just to, to, so they wouldn't have to run into trouble like this. We don't really know the reason that it was pulled again. Maybe China got wind that it was being re released and they're like, no, no, no. Even though they did make changes to it, and then it, it could be released without issue. But I guess we will never know. Hopefully, we will know someday. But yeah. Not now. <laughs> um, yeah, moving on to the next story, which Sean asked me to put in before the show. Scott Pilgrim is coming on January 14th. So this, of course, is a game that has been in the vault for a very long time. It's finally being re-released on uh, in January 14th on a bunch of consoles, PS4, I believe next-gen as well, Switch. So that's coming next year. Sean, you're obviously very excited for this one, or have you... You've played the game, of course, right?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. I still have it on my base PS3. Oh, nice. uh, that Just like Daniel, even though he sold his PS4, had PT, as <laughs> a game I'll never delete. I am very much looking forward to going back to it. Amazing music. It's actually, all the music is done by a uh, chiptune band called Um, which they're one of the most infamous chiptune bands. Um, it follows more the comic story than, say, the movie, uh, but just a amazing beat-em-up like really one of the best that's released probably in the last 20 years um so if you have a chance to purchase it purchase it it's just great that it it, this is a game that was lost to licenses just like i mean everyone loves spider-man 2 from activision that's lost to licenses like it's just great to see some of those things that are able to come back come back for people
1: Definitely, yeah. I'm excited to pick it up myself because I have not played it, so I am definitely going to pick it up when it has arrived. And our last story for PXN and use of the Week is Alba Wildlife Adventure and Ecology I think is what, or Ecology, but it's pre- ended, or, uh, spelled with an I instead of a Y at the end. So uh, they teamed up. Alba Wildlife Adventure is a cute little indie game that I picked up on Friday, and I really enjoyed it. It only took me like four hours to beat and it's really nice. It's about saving an island from you know, just preserving the nature and the habitats and stuff like that. It's a really cute game. You guys should definitely check it out. But I think the even more awesome thing is that they took their message in the game and tried to kind of apply it to the real world. So again, they have uh, partnered with Ecology and every time you purchase or download the game, they plant a tree and they have a goal of planting 1 million trees. So far, I think they're at like 200,000 or something like that. Wow. So I thought this was really cool. They took their message to heart and they're actually trying to make a real world change outside of the video game as well. So I, I thought this was really cool. I don't know if you guys have heard about this game or or not, but if you haven't, I would suggest checking it out for sure because it's really cool.
0: Yeah, I hadn't, but that, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Cool.
1: Yeah. All right. Moving on to what we've been playing. I shall start off with myself. I have been playing Destiny 2 a little bit they've been they have the new um i guess i should say of course i'm playing destiny too <laughs> uh, they're playing uh they have the dawning right now uh the christmas event so we're baking little cookies and treats for all the destiny NPCs and getting rewards for it whether it be rewards that we like is another conversation altogether <laughs> but <laughs> i'm having a good time doing that um i got the new ship the new sparrow and I'm just hunting for, or just trying to complete the quest to customize those different items. So that's what I've been doing in Destiny. Uh, I mentioned it before, Before I'm play, I play played wildlife, I mean, Alba, a wildlife adventure. Really enjoyed that. It just took me, literally the day that I bought it, I finished it and completed it to completion. Wow. It was super awesome, super chill. Um, you're basically a young girl named Alba who's visiting her grandparents on Medita- Mediterranean Island. She goes there every year for her annual visit to see her family. And when she arrives, uh, she meets her cousin Ines and they form like a wildlife rescue team after they save a beach dolphin. They find it, it's their calling. So they decide to do that. And basically you're cleaning up the island, helping animals, helping townsfolks um, and trying to gather petitions to stop the mayor from uh, building a huge luxury hotel on the nature reserve on the island. So I thought it was really cute it's really fun to play, so I definitely recommend checking it out for not only it being a fun time, but the reason that I mentioned before with it actually helping the real world as well. And of course, Cyberpunk, which we'll get into later, so I won't say anything about it too much here, but yeah, I play Cyberpunk as well. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: I have been playing, obviously, Master Chief Collection. We don't need to go over that a <laughs> millionth time, but uh, I've also been playing Cyberpunk as well. Uh, so far, I think I'm about three to four hours into it. And uh, it's not as much as I had expected, especially since I took two days off of work. But I had a bunch of other things going on as well. Um, but three to four hours in, and I might be a little more than that. I might not be giving myself a little credit. But uh, so far, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, and we will talk about you know the problems and stuff like that. Um, it definitely, the way it started, it wasn't, you know, when I started the game, I was like, all right, uh, this is good. Um, but it, it didn't necessarily wow me right off the bat. But as I've played it on longer, uh, there's a certain moment you get to in the story, which I'm not going to spoil it for people. But when you get to that moment, it almost, it picks up the pace quite a bit. And once you get to that moment, it's like, okay, yes, this is really good now, like, I feel like before that moment, I was like, "Eh, okay, this is good. But then after that moment, I'm really, really enjoying my time with it. So I'm definitely excited to continue my playthrough. Sean, what are you playing?
2: Uh, So we'll go into Cyberpunk here in a little bit. Uh, it is very weird that there is a game that all three of us for once have in common. Yeah. (laughs) Ever.
0: (laughs) And it just think it was supposed to be halo infinite this fall. We would all three be playing. Right. (laughs) Right.
2: All right. Well, (laughs) silent. I'll take it easy guys. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about that, but I'm still actually trucking away at night on Hollow Knight, uh, doing a uh, second playthrough on that. I'm trying to do it, so I never got like the I guess you could say the good ending, though there is really no good ending because you die no matter what. But um, I fought Spoilers. two of the DLC. Spoilers. <laughs> um, I did uh, fight two bosses that I never fought before, and that was from the free DLC and I will say as far as indie games go, um, and I know I've given a lot of praise to Team Cherry in the past, but like all their DLC was always free, uh, regardless of what copy of you bought the game. And the amount that they put into it really reminds me of like Shovel Knight. Like just Shovel Knight kept giving you more and more content, all that stuff. Like, I don't know. I just think that's a really cool thing that even after two years of owning the game, I was able to experience new things that I never had before. And it's just because I didn't go back when they updated with new DLC. So just really cool. Um, I mean, obviously, I know it's kind of not your guys' too much cup of tea because it is a little Soulsy mixed with some Metroidvania stuff, but um still loving it. I, I like that I kind of play it for like 30 minutes here or there.
1: I, I actually did pick up – well, I picked Hollow Knight up a while ago, but I'm actually oh, trying to okay. get out um, – recently and I, I am enjoying it i haven't gotten too far into it because like you said it's not not usually a game that i play but for what i've played so far it's i'm it's it's starting to click it's definitely gotten a little bit further into it so i, I am enjoying it a lot i, I it's okay if what you said early i knew how it ended and all, all that stuff i've watched a lot of youtube videos about it because i i did th- i did think it was cool but um i'm actually playing it for the first time now so i'm i'm enjoying it as well I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't play that much of it. <laughs> You'll uh, have a lot of hours on there. My first
2: yeah. playthrough took me about, like, I think 35 hours or something like that. And I'm already yeah. at altogether maybe 24 hours, and I'm not even close to halfway.
1: Oh, there we go. I'm excited to, to dive more into that a little bit later. Half will be after this next topic of the show, though. Cyberpunk 2077. So a lot has happened again, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, since it's released some some good, mostly bad. So we're gonna talk about everything that has happened uh surrounding the game. So but we're gonna start off with our thoughts and impressions of the game. Um I'll start with, with uh with Sean actually. What are how how long, how how far have you got into the game and are you enjoying it? Um what do you think? That's a really loaded
2: question. Uh, <laughs> um so I'm probably maybe two and a half hours in. I I I said before, as far as just work-wise, this is my time of year, basically not to have a life, so I haven't been able to give it a chance, really. Um, but so far, I'm really in the same boat that Daniel was describing, where it's like, I think I like it. I'm pretty sure I like it. But I'm not, <laughs> like, falling head over heels in it. Like, I remember the first time I played Deus Ex uh on uh pc i was like holy crap this is amazing like all this stuff that you can do and all that stuff i'm not really feeling that yet with cyberpunk but from what people have told me and what i've seen i have yet to even scratch the surface there's so much more that it opens up with um i will say i like um so far the story what what did you guys all choose as far as your starters corpo
1: I, I've played the beginning twice now, so I chose Corpo and Street Kid the second time. I enjoyed Street Kid a bit more than Corpo.
2: Okay, so I went with Daniel, I went with Corpo, because I know that's what we were talking about before the launch of everything, so it was kind of weird how they thrusted you into this, that part of the story. I don't know if Street Kid does a little better introduction, um, it just felt a little odd and out of place, like, Jackie's just your friend on the street, that's all you know, like, and then, like, you get a better relationship with them, but... They're just odd. Um, I will say the voice acting so far I'm really liking. Um, the character models look pretty good even at NPCs. And I know technically we're all playing on a quote-unquote last-gen version. Um, not fully maxed out at all. But it does look beautiful. I see so much stuff happening in the background. Um, I like that the decisions you make. That first mission, the pickup, uh, at least in Corpo, I don't know if all the missions follow the same thing depending on what level or what you choose at the beginning, but I did like the different angles that I could choose from the pickup. Um where I don't know how you guys went with it, but like I met with that uh the girl that pretty much screwed up the deal okay. and lost the transport. I got her credits and then I was like, oh I have the option to hack her credits. Well, okay, let's do that. So then I have an extra 10 K. Well then the the guy that I'm supposed to go pick it up for wants to charge me again. And I was gonna pay him until, unfortunately, I ran into a glitch where I ju- like he randomly ran into me while I was sitting. So, immediately, my guy stands up. He sees that I stood up. So, he starts shooting at me. And So, I'm just like, oh. okay, well, I guess I'm the money. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just like how, just judging from that mission alone, I can see so many angles that Roro Ror, you go from, Daniel you go from, and then I go in a completely different direction. And it, I like that kind of openness to how we all can approach something. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That mission you're describing, Sean, I agree <laughs> that that was really cool because I was like, what do I do here? Do I do this? And that's like, the, there's no right decision. It's just whatever you want uh, to do to kind of make it your own story, which is very cool. Those those moments are the coolest parts. But yeah, like I like I already said, I, I'm enjoying it. Um, And as I <laughs> as I said, it, it kind of started slower and I was kind of like, eh, I wasn't crazy about the intro. Like you said, Sean, with the whole corporal intro, uh, I'm thinking maybe if I go back and start as like, you know, uh, the one that's on the outskirts, I can't think of the name of it. Uh, Nomad. Nomad. Yeah. I'm thinking about trying that at some point, uh, seeing how that starts. Cause I think it'd be a little more interesting, um, and see like how that differs. But as I've played, more and more of it, I've enjoyed more and more of it. So, uh, I do think I re- will really enjoy it by the time I sink so many hours into it. I, uh, obviously, we're just not there yet. Uh, I'm only <laughs> like four or five hours in. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I will talk about the criticisms here in a little bit as well, like some of the uh issues. But I, I feel like to a certain extent, I, I. I hate saying this, but I almost feel like CD project Red is getting even more hate than necessarily they should. Uh, I, like, there, yes, the game is broken on multiple platforms. There's a lot of bugs. There's a lot of problems. But I feel like there's so much like hatred. Whereas normally, you would see a game come out and you'd be like, okay. Uh, there's criticisms. Here's the criticisms. Like this is what I'd like to see addressed, and this is what I would like to see fix. I think the reason why we're seeing so much hatred towards this game is because of how much anticipation there was for the game. That so many people had so such high expectations that when it came out having these problems, people were like, "Oh, this is awful!" And you know, all of the problems that have you know succumbed due to uh the issues i don't know that i guess that's just my personal feeling because uh I, I talked to one of my friends on twitter about it and uh he kind of he was like yeah but i i, I love cd project red but this is unacceptable and i will never buy anything from them again and it's like that's just a little too far I, I don't know i just feel like sometimes we just we forget that these are real people that are developing these games and there's real st- consequences and there's i don't know and it's not the developers decisions it's not the people that are coding this game the designing this game and making art for this game that are making the decision that the game's coming out uh, even with these issues and there are a lot of problems with with the game but uh I think the biggest problem is the pre-launch stuff where they weren't allowing people to see what the base consoles looked like before launch, because clearly that's the biggest problem with the game right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'll just go into my uh, my impressions real quick, and then we'll talk about the issues that you brought up just now. Uh, I played it on Steam for the first time. I played Corpo. Uh, that's what I started off with, and... I was. I'm at the same boat as you guys. I thought that intro a little strange. Um, I didn't like how that started off my journey that well. But beyond that, uh, it wasn't running very well on my setup. So I played the amount that I could before I could before I exceeded my time limit to get a refund. Because I was like, there's no way I can continue playing this the way it is right now. This won't. I'm not getting the the best experience that I know I can get on hopefully different platforms just before everything came out, before before all the, the stuff and the criticism and uh, news came out around it not being the best on other platforms. So I returned it on Steam after playing it there, and then the news came out that it wasn't better on these other places either. So this is going to blow your guys' mind. But I signed up for Google Stadia. Oh! I, yeah. I, I saw that it was good, it's good there. So I was like, okay, let me try the free trial. I, I got my money back for it on Steam. I'll use that money to buy it on Stadia just to see if it's better. And it was better. <laughs> it was a lot better. It's, it's, it's crazy that it, it worked and looked and ran better on the same system that I was using just a minute ago. But it, it just ran better. It looked, it looked a lot better. So I was, I was surprised by that. And I played Street Kid there. And I love that intro a lot better. It, you don't know Jackie right off the bat. You meet him throughout the the intro, and it's a little bit more organic, I found. And the relationship kind of blossoms a little bit more uh, naturally, I think. Um, still pretty fast, but a little bit more. Uh, I, th- I just enjoy that intro a little bit better. So I think when I do go back to it, I'm going to continue that. I did refund it again. <laughs> on Stadia <laughs> after my two-hour run because, again, it was like, this is better. But I, I know there are people out there who are getting the full treatment, and I want to get the full treatment with this game because I am enjoying it. I love the the dialogue options. I love the RPG aspect, the customization and all that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. The combat and driving, however, were a, were a little bit off to me for some reason. I didn't I don't know why I didn't like that. I was hoping to like that a little bit more. But I didn't like the shooting, didn't like the driving that much. I'm hoping as I get more weapons and more upgrades, I'll fall into it a little bit more. But so right now I'm kind of up to two, two pre- people coming to this game. I'm very 50-50 on it right now. So I want to like it. I like parts. I don't like other parts. Um, I just hope that they get it together so I can enjoy this game a little bit more. And as I say, get it together, let's talk about <laughs> what happened. After the release of the game, um, CD Projekt issued an apology to their fans after everybody got really upset with how it was running on last-gen systems. And um, honestly, PCs that weren't the top of the line were having a lot of bugs as well. And they said the first round of updates has been released, and the next are coming in the next seven days, expect more, as we will update frequently whenever new improvements are ready. After the holidays, we'll be con- we'll continue working. Release two large patches, starting pat- uh, starting with patch number one in January and patch number two in February. They go on to say, uh, if you just take a chance on us, we will make this right, and all that jazz. So I thought this was this this. I'm not going to read the entire thing because it's pretty long and we'll be here a while. But I thought. The apology was kind of weird. It was weirded a little weird as well. And I think I I listened to a kind of funny games daily or it was either kind of funny games daily or or another one of their podcasts where Greg says, we took a chance on you a little when we bought the game. Like, this is not the time for us to be taking a chance. We already took the chance after everything that you showed us. Okay, I'm going to give you the money. I'm going to take a chance on this game. And then you delivered a product that wasn't what you showed. And I think that's why everybody's so upset, Daniel, is that they showed us something completely different and on well not completely different for everyone pc is getting what they what they bought the ones who have the high end stuff but people like me and people are playing on ps4 are not getting what they were advertised and they didn't even sh- let us see that stuff until it finally came out like the ign had to separate their their reviews for this game because the ps4 versions and the xbox one's versions are just so much different than than the other versions and the ones that are running a uh, appropriate way so which, I thought it was kind of weird how they messaged this Yeah, which
0: is completely fair and like just to think if this game had come out in April when it was originally supposed <laughs> to come out and we were all playing on those platforms it would have <laughs> that definitely would have warped my it mind works. for sure because obviously we would have been playing on X I would have been playing on Xbox one and it would have been painful so yes it all depends on your perspective because like on series x i haven't had many issues at all like for the most part and it actually looks pretty good considering it's running a technically a last gen version of the game it actually looks pretty good uh even without the next gen patches but yeah like you said there's hundreds of millions of people that have xbox ones and ps4s that are trying to play the game and it's just it's almost unplayable which Yes, that needs to be definitely needs to be criticized and that's something that they I think they I don't know. I think they know that it wasn't acceptable for them to do that, but I just wonder what happened behind the scenes. Like did the 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 guys in suits say, "Hey, we have to release this game on this date. We've already delayed three times. It has to come out no matter what, even if it's in a poor state." And I I do just think it's unfortunate that the developers at CD Project Red kind of they get the brunt of all of this uh backlash because they're the ones who made the game obviously but it not it wasn't necessarily their decision to not push the game back for an unfinished product um but yeah it's it's not good all the way around and it, it's just such a tricky situation and Obviously, the whole refund issue is is a whole other beast as well, uh, which I, I think that's what we'll be talking about here next. But yeah, uh, I'm not even sure how CD Projekt Red is going to handle the refund issue because they've been talking about like them making it good and all of this. But like, I don't think there's a precedent for a developer of a video game giving refunds directly to consumers. Like, I don't think that's ever happened before. And essentially, that's what I I think they're trying to tell people, essentially. I know like Microsoft, I think, is allowing people to return it on Xbox Store, but Sony is not. Uh, I know they have more stringent policies when it comes to returning stuff on PSN. Uh, So that's kind of interesting, because essentially what Sony's saying there is, we still want the money from the sales of the game, but you guys have to refund them for the cost of the game. So essentially, CD Projekt Red is losing money by paying back the consumer out. It's just tricky. It's
1: tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. Sean, what do you think about, uh, the apology? And do you think fans should be this upset or they or Is shouldn't be this upset? What do you, what do you think about?
2: It? Uh, I mean, I, I think fans are right to be upset depending on your platform. As Daniel said, I have it on my series X as well, and I have no issues at all. um, Jackie occasionally has gotten in the way of some things, uh, but that's really it. Um, I had one guy in one of the beginning missions get stuck in a wall, uh, um, so that was really weird, but I was able to shoot through the wall, so I was fine. But yeah, other than that, I have not experienced any glitches myself that are like game-breaking, haven't had any performance issues as well, but I've seen the videos from the base models of last-gen consoles, and I can understand how Daniel made up a great point. If we would have gotten those at the time that we were supposed to get those, imagine, just imagine what that would have been. Like that would have been crazy to think that we would have gotten those games at that point. Um, So I I don't know. I know, Daniel, you also said that it was unprecedented as far as refunds itself, but it's also been in a sense unprecedented with this hype for this game. It was Mm -hmm. announced kind of back in 2012 And ever since then, the hype has just been building and building and building for this game. And now it's here. And I get it. We've had games kind of hit the mark at launch before. But I don't think, I personally don't think the communities wanted a game to succeed this much and be so let down at the same time right now. Um, I think CD Projekt Red is doing things kind of right. Um, I think their wording is not helping them, uh, though, too. I think their actions are, but their wording is not at all giving any calm to users. Because in my mind, I do have a base PS4, and I was planning on getting it on my PlayStation 4. I can only imagine how pissed I would have (laughs) been if I would have booted up that game at that point. Um, And it it already suffered three delays. I, I know a lot of people are saying, well, why not delay it for a fourth time? CD Projekt Red was saying, well, that we didn't want to delay it. There wasn't any... Added pressure that they felt, but they just wanted to hit it this year. Which, in my mind, I think we all know that means there was added pressure to hit it. No. Uh, but it, you just think, like, what could have another delay hit with? I think Daniel is a unrelenting, die-hard Halo fan. He was probably more broken than anybody <laughs> when the Halo game got delayed this year, especially for a console launch, but. You know it's gonna. We all know it's gonna be a better game in the end, regardless of how you felt when it was showed off. And you're getting it more than likely next fall. I, I don't think all delays are bad. So it's like, why wasn't that on the table to say like, look, it's not ready. Like next, this current gen now can handle it. Last gen couldn't. We apologize. If we can transfer your pre-orders over. That type of thing. But at this moment, we have to kind of go back and do a lot of technical cleanup. I don't feel like the community would have been that upset. It's 2020. We're all used to disappointment now. So yeah. what's another yeah. one at that point?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, As we talk about the refunds uh, just now, they actually told people that they could get them. Um, just contact PlayStation, just contact Xbox. You'll be able to get your refund. Um Daniel was just saying a little bit about how you can get it on Xbox. I don't know how easily it is on Xbox, but on PlayStation, people are having a lot of trouble uh, getting their refund. I've seen a lot of uh, screen grabs of the chats that they've been having with uh, Sony agents, and they're kind of just trained to say a certain thing right now. Nothing against the Sony agents because, again, they're trained to do this. That's just they're just doing their job at this point. But it's crazy that CD Projekt Red just had to send them that way after... After what, what happened, I think I have, um, what do I, where is it here? I think I have the, yeah, what they actually sent people, um, CD Project Red says, Dear Gamer, this is a confirmation that we've received your assistance request for a funding uh, console copy of CG, uh, Cyberpunk 2077. As this email was sent automatically, we kindly ask you not to reply. We'll get back to you as soon as possible, no later than the end of 2020 with information regarding next steps. Um. So I think it's really interesting that the and this is not so much on CD Project Red and rather on PlayStation and Xbox that the policies are so hard to work with that gamers can't get their money back for buying a copy of, CD, of the game digitally, even though they're selling consoles that are literally you can only buy system or Did. games digitally now. So that that kind of policy definitely needs to change soon because gamers are going to only have that option eventually. And depending on what console you get, people are just going to be able to get digital games. So that needs to change for not just this, but yeah. games in the future uh, because we're getting to a more digital space. So I thought that was definitely an interesting topic as well. Yeah.
0: From what and from what I've seen, uh, people have been saying that Xbox, you can get refunds as long as you haven't played a significant amount of time. So like less than a few hours or whatever, and as long as you haven't abused re- refunds in the past. So like if you're consistently refunding stuff, they'll probably decline it because you consistently refund stuff. So from from that front, that's what I've seen. And then. Uh, Like you said, the Sony people are being told to say specific things and they're not doing the refunds, which I I do. I don't really understand that because I feel like it does fall on the uh, the store platforms uh, side of things uh, to handle refunds because. Like I said before, they're they're taking the money for the games, and then they're giving obviously they're uh, they're taking their cut, and then giving the rest of the profits to CD Projekt Red. But when CD, if just let's just say CD Projekt Red comes up with a way to refund consumers directly from them they're going to refund you 63 whatever however much it is with tax uh, we're, it's obviously different for you roro cuz you're canadian <laughs> but uh, they there would be refunding more than they're taking in from sony so sony's still taking their cut from the game and essentially saying they're not refunding the consumer they want cd project red to refund them which mm. i don't really agree with because you know it's their plat- it's their store platform like you're i don't know you're penalizing cd project red for uh releasing their game on your platform which i don't know
1: yeah i i i hope this is something that gets fixed eventually i uh it's it's a lot it's yeah. a lot that that has been happening and it and it does suck that this is going around to, as you both stated such a hyped up game that we've been anticipating for for so long. Uh Sean, do you think that this they'll be able to to amend things? Do you think they'll be able to get back goodwill, Cedar Project Red in general?
2: I think so, because I don't I don't think this it's a bad comparison, but I don't think they're Bethesda right now. Um, Bethesda has so much ill will towards the community when it came to Fallout 76. With it was first it was a game that was announced that nobody wanted. And then it was a game that launched with so many technical issues. And then it was just obviously a poor game up until, I guess, they kind of fixed it more or less. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people are thinking that with Cyberpunk. They don't think it's a poor game. They just think that it was very shady business practices on how they launched the game. And I get it sometimes, especially in the video game community, it is hard to earn back trust. But if anybody, Hello Games did it with No Man's Sky. I mean, No Man's Sky uh, won the Game Award for uh, what was it, Uh, Continuation Game or something like that. Game, yeah, yeah. Master Chief Collection uh, snubbed. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Okay, Uh, but that game was dead on arrival when it launched four years ago, five years ago, and like that game still has life to it. So I'm not saying that's Cyberpunk's the same way, but you can change the course depending on how you both respond to the community and how you improve your game. I think the refunds is the right thing to do. It's just, it's not something that's been done before. So we don't know how it's going to look in the end. Um, I mean, honestly, the, the, the thing they could have done is been ahead of this from the get go. Yeah. They can't say they didn't know the last gen versions were going to be bad. That's the, that's the one thing that just does not look good. It's of course you did. You had to put it on a disc. <laughs> you had to know it was going to be bad. so,
0: I, I kind of have a question before. I know we're getting close to the end here, but I kind of have a question. Do do we think that maybe they had too many platforms that they targeted at launch? Like they had so many, I think like seven or eight versions of the game. Do we think that they just targeted too many platforms right away? Oh, a thousand percent.
2: thousand percent. Yeah. They even said that was the reason for the second delay. Right. They they that that was quoted as the as the reason. It's like
0: And that's why I, I almost wish they would have just focused on last gen consoles only and PC and just had Xbox One, PS4, and PC at launch. And obviously your Series X and your PS5 can play the backwards compatible version of that until that was ready. And instead they tried to do this weird thing where the Series X has optimizations, some optimization optimizations for it and PC Uh, is a mess if you don't have a higher end card and you have Stadia and you have, you know, there's just so many platforms. I just feel like,
2: ugh, that's probably part of the reason. I mean, it should have been a concentration of PC and now's current gen. Yeah. We all saw it a long time ago. It should never have been a PS4, Xbox One game.
0: Well, I don't know about that because they've been made making this game for how many years now they they were before these consoles were even announced they were making this game for those old consoles so i don't know that they can necessarily say that oh we weren't we weren't wanting to concentrate on that those platforms because they weren't powerful enough they i feel like they wouldn't have made the game on those consoles to begin with like the years ago when they started development on this game those consoles didn't exist so the new consoles didn't exist. So why? I don't know. I don't feel like that would be a good reason for them to just say, "Oh, we're not going to do PS4 and Xbox One." And I, yeah, I feel like it's possible for them to fix it. It's just it's going to take time.
1: Yeah, I I think they can fix it too. Um, as as we said earlier on, they 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 have to make other people than just gamers happy, and that's probably why they released the game. But. Uh, a delay would have been would have helped obviously um, because it does suck that as you as Daniel said earlier the people the developers are the ones that are facing the worst of this, even though they are not wholly to blame for the the state that it's in again, they did make the game, but if they had time more time, they would obviously have made a better product if if management did a better job managing, they would probably put their efforts in certain parts that needed the the time and care that it didn't get. So it does suck that the people who created this game for what is now freaking eight years, (laughs) they stopped to continue working on this game and continue to crunch until February to get this game in a better state. Hopefully February is the end of that, but they still have DLC that they need to work on and all that stuff. So it does suck that this is not the end for them. Even though the game is released, they still have a lot of work to do. So that is a bit upsetting. Yeah. But yeah, do you guys have anything else that you wanted to add before we end the show? Nope. No. no. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching live on YouTube and listening on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can catch us live on YouTube Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you, Daniel, and thank you, Sean. Until next time, later will be greater.
0: <laughs> Deuces. Halo Infinite is 343's Halo 3.